Hey, and welcome back to the next installment of Slingers and Zingers. As always, I'm Kyle, joined by these two cool cats, Austin and Jared. How you gentlemen doing on this fine Saturday evening? Doing pretty good, Kyle. I feel like I just saw you. You did, and it's been too short of a time. I wish it was longer. I'm doing well. Glad to hear you're both doing well. What do you got behind you, Jared? You got a couple bobbleheads? Yeah, yeah, I've got about... I'd say 25 to 30 Cincinnati Reds bobbleheads, a picture of the stadium, just some memorabilia I've picked up at games over the years. So you are technically a Reds fan, you say? Oh, diehard fan. Love the Reds. Hate yeah. the ownership. <laughs> All right, guys. We got an excellent episode for you today. It should be a very quick one, but today we'll be talking about the awards for MLB. On the agenda, we got the Rookie of the Year, the Cy Young, and, of course, the MVP. Let's get it started here. Austin, you want to lead us off? May as well. So this is going to be my top pick of the day. I'm starting off hot. AL Rookie of the Year. It's Tristan Casas. Tristan Casas. Tristan Casas. Get the name ingrained into your head. Casas, Casas, Casas all year, all day long. Having a great spring training so far. The guy is going to be unbelievable for anybody who – Wants to go and take him, like I said a couple weeks ago, you're not reaching if you go and get him in the first five rounds. He's going to be a stud. He plays at a very shallow position. Might be one of the best rookie campaigns we'll ever see in terms of fantasy baseball. So I'm just going to throw that out there. He's a little bit of a wild card, and I love wild cards from time to time. Every once in a while, I'll be scared to get somebody because they're a wild card. But this guy, he goes out there. His pregame routine, he takes his shirt off, and he bathes in the sun. A purpose for all that all the vets got pissed at him a couple weeks ago he is cognizant enough to know what works for him but smart enough to know as a rookie to come in and says hey i'm not gonna step on anybody's toes and ruin this the best rookie campaign that we've ever seen so he backed off of his pregame routine where he bays in the sun and does some really weird stuff but i still think that that's not going to deter him from one of the best seasons we'll ever watch from a rookie as a mental performance coach how do you feel about his routine and bathing in the sun? Does it give him a little bit of time to just digress his situation, to prepare himself? What kind of things are we looking at here? I like that he has the routine, but my thoughts as a mental performance coach, sun's not always going to be there. So what are you going to do on a day when it's cloudy and overcast? I mean, you got to find something to fill in that role. I don't know if he's got like these type of lights that are in the clubhouse or what, but if your routine's got to be something that's the things are always going to be there. The sun may not always be there. So I like the routine, but he's going to find something more consistent. Yeah, I don't like Cassis that much. I do like him long term. I just I don't think he'll come anywhere close to being that big rookie season that you're speaking of. I do think he'll get some good playing time with Boston. You know, it's a weaker roster, although I think they're going to be a little better than they're getting credit for. Their pitching staff's a little old. Yeah, Cassis, I think he'll just be solid this year. Like I said, I think he'll be a better player in – two, three years down the line. Good for a dynasty, great for you and your dynasty league. Hall of Fame season. My pick is going my, – my <clears> pick <throat> for American League Rookie of the Year is going to be Hunter Brown. I think Hunter Brown is going to be a future ace. He's taken these last couple of years to really learn from Justin Verlander, mimics Justin Verlander and everything he does, at least he tries to. Had a really good season last year. He was mentioned in our first episode. He should get that number five spot in the rotation with McCullers being down, although I still think he'd get it over Luis Garcia as well. So I do think there'll be a cap on his innings this year, but I still think he'll get enough innings to get rookie of the year. I just think he's going to have a phenomenal season for a rookie pitcher on that team. 
So it's Jared's number one sleeper and Jared's AL rookie of the year. It tells me that Jared just simply cannot process the fact that Tristan Casas exists because he should be number one sleeper. He should be number one in rookie of the year voting. I mean, this guy is going to be a tank. So Hunter Brown, sure, you take him, but people are going to be, I hope that I hope we put another poll up at the end of the year, Hunter Brown versus Tristan Casas. And I think it's going to be 39 to one me this time. <laughs> Who do we like for the NL? Eli De La Cruz with the Reds sounds like the perfect pick for me. The Reds, they can get people up and going in fantasy. It's a hitter's ballpark. There's a lot of really good opportunity for him right out of the gate. I think to have a good, strong rookie campaign, you have to play most of the year. And he's got that opportunity coming up. I don't know if he's going to be on the opening day roster. I'm pretty sure that he is. But he's going to be one of those guys, kind of like Julio. They're going to let him run wild, I think. And the Reds are actually surprisingly really good in bringing people up, making them into halfway decent stars, and then trading them away. And I think De La Cruz is the next one. Might be in the Yankees uniform here in four or five years. You never know. But I can't imagine that the Reds are going to run with Kevin Newman for very long and who's taken De La Cruz's spot right now. Definitely going to be an early call-up. He's a dynamic generational player from, you know, just looking at him in terms of the physical aspect and then what he brings to the table. Even with a lot of strikeouts, I think he's going to be a high strikeout guy. He's going to put up a ton of numbers. He's going to be all over the board. He's going to be a four or five category type guy. So, De La Cruz, that's going to be my rookie of the year in the NL. I love De La Cruz. Boy, I hope he's up early this year. I don't think they're going to call him up until September because that just seems to be what the Reds do. I do love De La Cruz. I think he's similar to Fernando Tatis type of player. I think he's got that kind of upside. Maybe not quite 40-40 type like Tatis, but I do think 30-30 – could be coming during his peak years. Hopefully not in the Yankees uniform. Ellie De La Cruz, to me, has a superstar name. He has Ellie, which reminds me of the, uh, Eleanor from Gone in 60 Seconds, Day for Danny DeVito, and also another MLB superstar, O'Neill Cruz. They share a last name. I feel like, as a non-Reds fan looking from the outside in, you guys have a lot to enjoy, especially with Noelvi Marte coming up through the ranks. Oh, I love the farm system, man. I mean, they're a good six, seven hitters deep. They got a couple pitching prospects as well. Nothing – their pitching is quite a bit behind their hitting, but they've got some nice young hitters coming up the pipes. Yeah, they did well in acquiring a lot of good young talent. It just is a slap in the face when we don't pay talent, and then whenever the Reds fans are wanting – better management then they say well where are you going to go and that kind of pisses a lot of people off typically when you ask your friends what are you going to do like we own this so we'll see i don't know hopefully they'll figure it out but yeah that, that young farm system is going to be great a lot to look forward to how about you jared who do you got for your now my NL rookie year is going to be corbin carroll Picked him to lead the league in stolen bases. He's going to be my rookie of the year for the National League as well. I think this kid's a young superstar. I think he's going to have a possibly comparable to Julio last year. Although what Julio did, we, we don't want to make that the norm because that's not normal. I do think he'll be somewhat close to those numbers. I think Carroll's just going to have a monster season as a rookie. I like Corbin Carroll. I think he's going to be solid. He's got a lot of speed, like you said on the last episode. He's one of those guys that really could, if he can stay consistent and keep away from the injury bug he could be one of those 10-year superstars in fantasy for sure oh for sure yeah he was fighting that i mean he missed his whole rookie season of 
minor league ball to his injury. So, yeah, it's definitely a concern. But, yeah, we both like him long-term. That's nice. doesn't happen too often. Even I yeah. like him long-term, even though he wasn't my Diamondbacks player who I thought was going to come about. But I was always a big believer in Christian Robinson. He really screwed up on that one. How about this for the two NL rookies that we gave? Jared and I both traded him away to Jerry last year. Hmm. So I, <laughs> I got two closers for De La Cruz. I can't remember what you got, Jared, for. I actually, I don't think I traded him. I, I dropped him, and then Jerry picked him up for me. And then, or you picked him up for me, and then traded him to Jerry. Oh, so I traded both. Nice. Good for, hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's me patting myself on the back. Boy, I regret that one now, though. Gee whiz. No, I did trade Carroll. I was uh, you traded David Cruz. That's who you mentioned. I'm sorry. I traded Carroll, and I packaged Carroll with Kyle Tucker, and I was able to get Spencer Strider and Carlos Rodon. Okay, yeah, that's what I meant. I traded yeah. David Cruz. You traded Carroll. There we go. Now we're on track. Because I was very confused, but I don't remember what I had for breakfast, so I was just going with what you said. <laughs> my fault. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had David Cruz at one point, and you, I, that's my fault. Moving on to the Slingers, how are we feeling for the Cy Young this year? AL, I'll stay consistent here. We'll start with the AL. It's Shane Bieber. I said it last episode, potentially going to lead the league in Ks. I think he's going to be really high on the strikeouts this year. He's going to be a sub-3 ERA guy. He's going to get a lot of wins. That's all setting up nicely for for Biebs to handle the Cy Young Award. Yeah, I like Bieber this year. I do think he could be in the Cy Young race. I do agree with you there. I just Like I said in the previous episode, I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to it. League leader in case. Plays for a good team. The AL Central's week. He'll pitch against them quite a bit. My AL Cy Young is going to be former Red Luis Castillo. I like what he did when he went to Seattle last year. And he pitched very well down the stretch. And I just think he's going to continue that. His changeup was a little off last year, so his numbers were a little down. You know, and he's notorious starting the year slow as well. Especially in Cincinnati when it's still cold in March and April. So my AL Cy Young is Luis Castillo. I think he's going to have a pretty good year. I think he's going to about two, two, 200 to 220 innings, about the same number of strikeouts, and I just think he'll be on one of the better teams in baseball, so I think he'll get a lot of consideration for that. Of those two I options, I prefer Shane Beaver. Of those two options, I definitely prefer Shane Beaver over Luis Castillo. I remember, was it last year two years ago, he got off to a horrendous start, and ever since then – just not been a fan. Don't want him. Don't want him in dynasty. Don't want him in fantasy. Don't want him in redraft. Don't want him at my wedding. I don't want him at all. Now let me ask you guys something. Does Shane Beaver's velocity scare you guys at all? Because no, he's hitting, we, I think, 91, 92 average. It's pretty slow. Eight, maybe 90 or 89. I think it's 89, actually. Good pitchers always find a way to pitch. Look at Justin Verlander, what he did whenever he came over from the Tigers. Velocity was down. MLB counted him out. He came in, transitioned his game, and eventually found an uptick in his velocity once again. So, as I said, good pitchers always find a way to pitch. And there's going to be a lot more strategy with pitching this year with the pitch clock. I think he's just one of those smart guys that will be able to figure it out and use it to his advantage. Well, I'll flip over to the league here. A guy that I've got that I would love to trade for is Julio Urias with the Dodgers. He's going to be in his age 26 season. That's typically a breakout age for me if they've been up in the league for a couple years. I love age 26 guys that have been around for a few years. Uh, He ended last year with a 2.16 ERA. Pretty solid if you ask me. 
He was 17 and seven. If he can keep the walk percentage low again and he can punch out a few more guys and get their strikeouts up, he's going to be 20 plus wins and Cy Young written all over it. I mean, he's going to have a really great season if he can do those things. And like I said, he's, he's age 26. I think that he's going to be bringing some extra to his fastball this year. And he's got some things figured out, I bet, from this offseason. Absolutely. Love Julio Rice. I've been a day one fantasy owner of him. The fact is most pitchers do not come into their prime until late 20s to early 30s. So he has several years of development left. Is that scary? I would say so. I like Julio Reese. Good team. He's consistently good. His underlying metrics actually seem to be that he is lucky, but that's been consistent the last three years with him. So, I mean, is it luck or is it just the way he is? Yeah. Yeah, skills. It's just one of his traits. So I don't hate that pick. My NL Cy Young is going to be Aaron Nola. I just think it's his time. He's been on the cusp. He's The strikeouts are always there. You know, the Phillies are a good team that picked up Trey Turner this offseason. Bryce Harper is expected back around June, July. I read a report today. They're thinking he might be back a little earlier than expected initially. We'll see how that goes. But I still like the lineup around him. Nola's just – he had a down year, not last year, but the season 2021 was a little bit of a down year. It's a fluky year, really. The ERA was really bloated. Usually says low threes, just lots of strikeouts, and I think this year is the year he puts it together. Nola's one of those guys in our leagues that's always a fringe pickup at some point. I used to draft him in the past. I thought that he was always a stud. He's had average years, but, I mean, I could see it. I definitely could. I don't disagree with you. Last but not least, possibly the most entertaining category, who do we like for MVP? So, again, starting out in the AL, it's Shohei Otani with the Angels pitching and hitting the way that he plays on both sides of the ball. It's going to qualify him every year. Plus, he's dominant. I watched a reel today. He had a 100-mile-an-hour fastball that he pitched. In the same inning, he hit a 150-mile-an-hour homer. Like, a lot of people aren't doing that. He doesn't need any other argument aside from the fact that he is somebody that is impacting the game on both sides of the ball. And at a really high level my only concern is that i don't know if the angels are going to get him enough wins but i don't think that that should matter with what he's doing and on top of that i think at some point he's going to get the lebron treatment to where he's going to be winning so many mvps that they're just going to be like ah let's give it to the next guy so i think that that could also affect his status at some point too yeah it's certainly hard to argue against a guy that's dominant pitching and hitting so not a bad choice at all i like showing tiny a lot this year too my pick actually which it's going to be funny. Is Julio Rodriguez to win the American MVP? I do think – I think you had him for stolen bases and runs. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I think he's just going to do a lot of everything. I don't know if he'll lead the league in anything like you think, but I think he's going to do a lot of everything. So I think he's going to – monster season. I think Seattle's going to really start to put it all together and start a five-, six-year window here with Julio. So I really like – what he's going to bring this year for fantasy teams. Get him everywhere you can, folks. So, according to Vegas, Shoyatani has plus 200 odds to win the AL MVP, while Julio Rodriguez has plus 700. Any guesses on who those two and three positions are? Trout. And Vlad. Aaron Judge. How gets correct, man? Aaron Judge is at 450, and Mike Trout is at 450 as well. So, Vlad on that list? Vlad is underneath Jordan Alvarez at 1,200. Vegas has recency bias. There's some good odds, too, if you like to throw a little bit of change down on Vlad. Those mm-hmm. are good numbers. That would be a Not decent payout. Win. 
two years ago. He yeah. took that from Shohei. Well, I've about done a lot of stuff, Jared. Yeah. Austin's can't miss Saquon Barkley bet a few years ago. Oh my gosh, that was the biggest setup of all time. I lost so many people money on that. <laughs> he only well, that's because he lost the yard in the second half, right? Oh my gosh, that was such that I Vegas knew something. It was so weird. <laughs> Can you explain what the bet inquired? What yeah. he needed? Yeah, so they the DraftKings came out, which they rarely do. They sent me a notification, and they sent all their participants a notification halftime odds it was in the middle of the game when they were going to halftime they said super boost bet up to fifty dollars can't miss bet saquon barkley to get over 9.5 yards in the second half and he was having a phenomenal season he just got shut down in a half it's like 10 yards he could do that with one leg of course i text everybody i know hey bet 50 bucks on this you win 50 bucks thank me later and he actually did get to 10 or 11, and then he got tackled in the backfield and lost two or three yards, so he went down to nine. So <laughs> Vegas knew. Yeah, I remember talking to you when that happened. Wow. I had a lot of people texting me. Unbelievable. A lot. That's why a lot of people believe Vegas runs sports. Oh, it was like the Buffalo Wild Wings commercial. It was like, Saquon, you're going to take a hit here and lose three yards, so that way we can make $10 million. <laughs> and then that's exactly what happened. So – how unfortunate. Extremely. Folks, that's why you put your money on Julio and not Shohei for AL MVP this year. I agree with you because Shohei has more of a chance to get hurt, essentially, being as a pitcher. And pitchers always develop some sort of shoulder or elbow issue or have show up to camp with a weakness in their arm and they lose velocity. So Julio is the safer bet, in my opinion. Well, even if he does get pulled out as a pitcher, he's a good enough hitter to still win MVP. You're right, and he did play DH last year during his injury times. But what happens if he does come down with, God forbid, Dr. Andrews' issue? You know, if I was playing the what-if game and everything in life, I'd be second-guessing a lot of things. I probably wouldn't be playing fantasy sports, so I'll leave it at that. Okay, so jumping over to the NL with my last award here that I got, it's Manny Machado. I think that he's going to be running the show in San Diego, and he's going to have a lot of run at it. He's the leader of that clubhouse. He seems to be well-liked. He's going to be batting in the heart of one of the greatest lineups that we've ever seen. 2022 is one of his best seasons. I think he's the type of guy that builds off of momentum and doesn't get too high on himself. He's one of those as well. Like I said, he's sandwiched in between the two pieces of bread that you can be sandwiched in between and Juan Soto and Zandy Bogarts. Man, he's just got so much potential with this season. The only thing that I think is going to set him back is when Tatis comes back, and I don't know how that's going to go with his flow. Sometimes things like that, you think that it helps because Tatis is so good, but occasionally when you're talking about these type of awards and MVPs, it could throw him off of his game and it could get him – I don't know. I could just see a setback in there when Tatis comes back in mid-April. I like that pick just because Manny Machado, it's a contract year. He's looking for – a huge deal. He's currently sitting at 1,500 odds, according to Vegas. Lists him at eighth. He has a lot to prove if he wants to get that contract that he desperately wants. What was it, like $350 million for 11 years? Yeah, he actually signed it. He did? Yeah, he signed it, yeah. He's, he's locked up. All right, I, I don't like him for the MVP anymore. He's already locked up. He has nothing to prove. 
Well, I'll double down on that. I said it in the first episode. I'm not the guy that loves contract year guys after they sign their contracts. But, I mean, he's right in between, like I said, the best pieces of bread. Like, he's the meat between Juan Soto and Xander Bogarts. And that's a good spot you want to be. Even if you bat 250, you're going to be getting some RBIs and you're going to be getting hit in quite often. I like Machado this year as well. I love that lineup. I actually, I misspoke earlier. I said the Mets were going to be the number one offense. I changed that. They're going to be number two. They're going to be number one behind San Diego. And I do like Machado a lot this year. I think it's going to be a monster season for him, but I think it's going to be an even bigger season for his teammate Juan Soto, who's my nationally MVP pick this year. You know, Soto had a bit of a down year last year in terms of his batting average, which was a career low 242. Season 2021 and a full season's worth of bats, he had 313. Season prior to the COVID season, he had 351. The guy's a career 287 hitter, and that's with last year mixed in with that. So that 242 really lowers that. He was over 300 for a career. The guy's, he's going to lead the league in walks. He's probably going to hit 300. He's going to score a lot of runs. I do think the homer potential, you know, he's only hit above 30 once. I think he'll probably hit 30, 35 this year. And I just think MVP is, is to lose this year right now. Vegas has Juan Soto as the favorite at plus 500 odds. I don't know if you in Vegas or in cahoots or whatnot, but that's a good pick. No, I haven't even looked at the lines yet. That's interesting. I'm glad I'm aligned with Vegas right now. All right, those are some interesting choices that you guys had for the awards, but moving on, some interesting spring training facts. Who do you guys like so far? Well, Mitch Keller is what I like. He's averaging 97 with his fastball in the spring right now. That's nice. It's up about a mile and a half from last year. And he's added a new sweeping curve to his arsenal. So, you know, you should be able to get him real cheap in drafts. I'm not positive of what his ADP is right now, although I'm positive it is outside of the top 250. So he's essentially free in most leagues. You know, 97 velocity's nice. New sweeping curve's nice. He's got a good changeup. The Pirates, I would expect a whole lot of wins from him, but I do like the counting stats for him in that categories league this year. I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon yet because I've had Mitch Keller in the past, and he's just been, you know, kind of eh. I'm just not there yet. I like him just because he's so cheap. So he's a good piece to pick up towards the end of the draft or even spot start, essentially. Yeah, just keep an eye on him leading into the season, you know. I got another note here for you, Hawk. What do you think of Volpe? Because I got a couple things about him today. So he was starting at shortstop for the Yankees today. They moved Oswald Peraza, who was the favorite to begin camp as a starter at shortstop. They put Volpe at short today and put Peraza at second. What do you think of him this year? Uh, I mean, I was hot on him last year. I didn't want to trade him. I'm trying to equal out the league. The players that are not on my team are dead to me, but if I can get him back, he'll be one of my favorite guys, and he'll join my super hot rotation of shortstops. So I would love to have him. I want to own every shortstop that I can. I can't play them all, but that's fine. I need well, players. Yeah. I like Volpe this year. I think him and Peraza up the, up the middle, although I don't know what that means for labor. I really like Peraza and Volpe up the middle. I think they're very similar type of players, too. So you put both of them guys in that lineup, and, boy, I, I see a lot of runs, homers, stolen bases coming from them. Glaber Torres belongs at left bench. I dislike him so much. Unless he plays the Orioles, then he's Jesus. I think you're just still upset that the Cubs traded him away. No. All right, maybe a little bit. But, God, they ruined that farm system, man. Okay, it gives me nightmares. Uh, another note from spring training today. Big-time prospect Jordan Walker for the Cardinals. Went four for four with two homers today. 
big fantasy numbers he could put up this year. He's going to come into the season with third base eligibility, and he will get that outfield eligibility very quickly because that is where they believe he'll be starting. And there is a lot of noise about him starting the year with the big team this year too. So Jordan Walker, Anthony Volpe, uh, Mitch Keller, those are just some guys to keep an eye on. They all had some good games today. And my last spring training note is Mark Vientos for the Mets. Good power numbers last year in the minors. The only knock on him right now is he is utility only on Yahoo. So that's no good. But if he is a bat. If he is on the big team, that is a bat you should look at late or pick up after spring training right before the season starts. He had 24 homers and 378 at-bats last year in AAA. Hit 280. Just a guy that I really like in that lineup. If he does get the nod on opening day, he is a guy worth monitoring as well. Now, is he only going to be a DH, or do you see him gaining position eligibility throughout the season? I can see potentially third. I think he was uh, he was coming up as a shortstop. He's definitely not going to play shortstop with that team. Uh, third base is an option. Corner outfield is an option. And DH is an option. But I do expect some outfield. So I'd say outfield util is what we expect from Vientos this year. Do you guys have anything else to add? That's all my notes for spring training today. I don't have any spring training updates, but – I do want to talk about a hot bet to look forward to this year. With the pitch clock being implemented, I think that pitching is going to be a bigger deal in the betting realm of things. I personally believe that faster-paced pitchers are going to have a good run at it. They're going to be used to it. They're going to be in that routine. They're going to have that typical fast-paced tempo. Guys like Herman Marquez, a guy that's not a really highly sought-after person, I don't think Vegas is going to take this into account. But some of those games where he's going to be pitching in Colorado, they're going to be some bigger run differential type games. And I think that if you're looking for a hot bet this summer, I'll have Kyle tally up at the end of it. Herman Marquez and how often his games, when it comes to betting, he wins. So you just bet the Rockies money line on days that he's pitching. I think that they're going to have a really solid chance to win. He might not get the win as a pitcher. I'm not saying bet Marquez as the winner, but if we bet Rocky's money line, or if you get him at plus one and a half runs, you're getting some runs on the board. That would be a really great bet too. So you could bet the spread, get him at plus one and a half, even give you a run, even if it's a one run ball game and they don't win just a hot bet to look forward to with the upcoming MLB season. All right, gentlemen, I appreciate you joining me here tonight to talk baseball. It's going to be a long season, and I love it. It's going to be full of excitement. What to expect this upcoming year is a lot of bets coming out of Hawk Daddy. We're going to be having streamers and flyers and dingers and slingers and just all over. Just give you guys all kinds of information, all that you can digest. We're going to be bringers, baby. <laughs> As always, we're listening on Spotify and Apple, posted on Sundays. We also have an email. SD Podcast 23, if you want to write in and get some feedback on maybe a trade or a, a pickup that you're questioning. These guys will dissect it. They're not afraid to admit that they have bad trades. Ain't that right, out? Absolutely. So, thank I you. I cutthroat, man. Yep. If I can take somebody's lunch money, I'll take their lunch money and not ask questions. <laughs> Look, thank you, guys, and you guys have a good night, all right? You too, buddy. You too. But, all right, boys, that does it for this episode of Slingers and Dingers. As always, stay tuned in for the next episode coming out on Sundays, and I will list a poll of who do you prefer as the MVP this year. You guys have a good night. And that's it for Slingers and Dingers. <laughs>